Welcome to the Geneva Center for Security Policy Podcast. Thank you for turning in. I'm your host, Dr. Paul Vallet, Associate Fellow with the GCSP's Global Fellowship Initiative. For the next few weeks, I'm talking with subject matter experts to explain issues regarding peace, security, and international cooperation. Thank you for tuning in. For several years, even in this socially distanced period and in a virtual format now, the GCSP has hosted a fascinating recurrent competition, the Cyber 912 Strategy Challenge in partnership with the Atlantic Council, at which competing young teams of various institutions and universities are tasked with responding to an ongoing scenario of a security crisis originating from a breach in cybersecurity. And to discuss such competitions, their challenges, and perhaps the uh, useful lessons that come out of the competing teams and their talents, we're joined today on the podcast by Ms. Sarah Backman. Ms. Backman is a doctoral candidate in international relations at Stockholm University, focusing her research on cyber crisis management. As a practitioner in the field, she's also a consultant in strategic security, risk and crisis management for Sikana and Stockholm. Along with lecturing to the uh, Swedish Defense University and authoring several publications on cyber crisis management, she's acted as a judge for four editions of Cyber 912 and is returning for this year's. So welcome to the podcast, Sarah, and thank you very much. Thank you so much, Paul. So my first question to you uh, is perhaps, uh, of course, a little bit personal, uh, looking at your background uh, and so on. But uh, I was wondering when and how did you develop an interest in cybersecurity crisis management and in particular in participating in simulation exercises? And perhaps you can tell me whether there are also similar types of exercises to nine, Cyber 912 that you know of or that you participate in for the industry or uh, in the academic setting? Yeah, it was back in 2014, I think, early 2014, and it was really quite random. Uh, but I was looking for an internship, and then I got an internship at a cybersecurity firm, a very small one. And that was really lucky for me because I got to work with the CEO of that firm, which is one of Sweden's most prominent cybersecurity experts. And pretty quickly, I realized, you know, I, I have a background in security studies and political science. And pretty soon I realized that this field of cybersecurity is not all about the technical stuff, but there are a lot to do when it comes to the perspectives from a security studies, political science perspective too. And then I, I continued to study security studies and crisis management. Um, meanwhile, I, I worked as, as a consultant. So that is basically what I've been doing since then. So now I have my PhD project and um, also work with large-scale cyber crisis management exercises as a consultant. And for me, I just think that based on what I've seen, but also based on research, we know how much value exercises can have uh, in the absence of, of real experience of crisis. And that especially if you have simulation exercises, people actually do feel and act a lot like it would be a real crisis. And research tells us that when you've experienced a situation like a real crisis or a situation similar to a real crisis, that creates sort of mental slides or a mental library that you can access in a real crisis. And it really helps responders. So yeah, I, I just love to to combine working with something that I really believe in, which is exercises 
and also combining that with the academic part of it. You make a, a very valid point. First, of course, that uh, the notion of cybersecurity isn't all tech. So that's a, a very important point to, to make for people who are interested in that field and for the interdisciplinarity that you've uh, mentioned in, in, in that matter. And uh, it somewhat anticipated my, my next question, which uh, was precisely that, that several editions of the Cyber 912 have featured all two realistic scenarios in that the events that the competing teams had to deal with actually came to pass. I recall one instance of back about the uh, cyber hacking of hospitals in, in, in particular. So um, in this respect, my question would be, do you see simulation exercises as important tools to deal with current crises or more as an effort to anticipate future problems? Well, um, both. I do think that, I mean, when it comes to large-scale exercises, we should perhaps adapt an even bolder stance in, in trying to anticipate what could happen. Because usually the case is that you think that something is totally unrealistic and that would never happen. So you don't add it to your scenario, but then like five years later, it happens. So we have always a tendency to sort of prepare for past crises and past wars, which is a problem when it comes to cybersecurity and cyber crisis management, because it's such a swiftly developing area. And, you know, I think the tendency to look too much to the past uh, can be a disadvantage in this field. I'd certainly uh, probably uh, concur with that with a background in, in military history. What you just said about the, the tendency to fight the last war is something that we've uh, observed. And uh, certainly you're making a very good point about the fact that, uh, well, in this particular area with the evolution of technology, it makes really a necessity for the scenario uh, writers to uh, uh, try to be as uh, anticipatory as possible. So uh, I really follow you on that. My next question would be about more to do uh, with your vision of, uh, of crisis management, and it perhaps it can anticipate on, 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 on how you do your job as a judge in, in, in some of these competitions. So what are the particular aspects in crisis management that you identify as key to an optimal response when a team is confronted with a uh, cybersecurity crisis? Well, I, I think that the difficult thing about looking at crisis at a national or international level is that the crisis management process is definitely not just one thing. You have several parallel, tra parallel tracks, and this happens at both the horizontal level, so for example, a cyber crisis affects critical infrastructure sector, then it's like if it affects the energy sector, you would have crisis management structures and mechanisms for the energy sector, and you would have the cyber incident structures going on too. And if it would like threaten citizens' lives and, and critical infrastructure functions, you would have like national level crisis, generic crisis management structures kicking in. So I think it's important to realize that it's like cyber crisis management at a high level is several tracks of crisis management with sort of different aims. They have different timelines also. Mm -hmm. And so, so we have the, the horizontal level, which is like sectoral, between sectoral boundaries, also between agencies just within mm -hmm. intergovernment agencies. And then you have 
on the vertical level, you have the crisis management processes going on, for example, at the technical operational level, uh, the incident management, and then you perhaps have the generic crisis management structures at the strategic level. So the, the big challenge is, of course, to try to get all of these efforts coordinated to, you know, make sense of the situation together, to have an efficient information sharing, to make sure that there are like no gaps between the different sort of tracks going on. And uh, this is a, a big challenge, I think. In, yeah. in, in exercises and in real life. If I can just anticipate uh, on, on that, uh, I mean, I uh, recall that, uh, well, the, the teams that are competing in, a, in an exercise, uh, well, they're, they're necessarily a uh, number, uh, usually four, I think, four or five. And I'm assuming that, uh, of course, uh, some of the exercises that you're familiar for industry in, in, in real life will involve larger teams that uh, are perhaps more uh, more complex to uh, to organize and to marshal their resources. Yeah, I would say that it's usually more when it comes to the Cyber 912 challenge, you you sort of try to um, to have teams who can answer like a lot of different questions about, you know, media management, uh, about technical incident handling, about generic crisis management structures, but usually in practice you don't have exercises that are that interdisciplinary and just one team who will respond to all of it. But you have like, for example, in, in Cyber Europe, you, you would have one part which is more technical and mm -hmm. one part which is strategic and there are different teams with different expertise for that. So And so that leads me, of course, to, to my next question, uh, which was uh, trying to to, to, to judge on what happens in the, the cybersecurity universe and its relation to uh, to crisis management uh, specifically. In re responding to that, is that uh, essentially a factor about uh, uh, the teamwork uh, that operates and, and the correct handling of the networking uh, within that team? Or does actually possessing technological superiority make a difference in, 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 in other terms? Uh, is a uh, technologically better armed response team going to make a difference? Or can someone even with less technical means than, than affected, is there, are they capable of uh, swarting uh, any kind of uh, incidents? Yeah, I think it, it um, going back to my previous point about different tracks of the crisis management efforts, uh, when it comes to, to incident management and the more technical track, I think it definitely makes a difference and especially human resources. So you need skilled incident managers. And that's usually a rather scarce resource. And I mean, there are several international communities for search, for example, where they can sort of share information and, and support each other and so on. But it's definitely like, it, it's definitely in the end, it comes down to the skills of the humans trying to manage the crisis. And, and cyber crises are, by definition, very interdisciplinary, transboundary and complex. Uh, so not just anyone could manage these situations. And uh, so I think that having technically skilled people on your team, that's a very good thing. But then it's, it's also about 
collaboration. And uh, just because it is so transboundary, cyber crisis management is a lot about collaborative crisis management. And sometimes you need to collaborate across boundaries that are unusual or um, actors who are not really used to working together need to work together or perhaps share information. And uh, what I've seen in my research is that when you don't really have those formal structures for collaboration or, and information sharing, it comes down to the individual skills of, of certain uh, crisis managers and incident managers who sort of in the situations I looked at and the crisis I looked at, they sort of solve the situation through creativity and improvisation and and often like informal contacts. So a key point, I guess, is that it's um, it's really good to have like formal structures for information sharing. But when that fails, the possibility to have like creativity and uh, improvisations is very important too, because it, it can also be very difficult to anticipate the exact needs of the crisis management efforts in a cyber crisis, because it, it could take on so many different uh, characteristics. A little point of uh, curiosity I, I have, because uh, we're also from a bit of an academic as well as a practitioner background, uh, but I was wondering uh, how, how long does it uh, regularly uh, take to uh, train people uh, in these areas? And I suppose the question arises uh, for you uh, in your consultancy uh, activities, when an organization or, or even a public institution wants to train uh, some of their personnel to be more aware and, and more responsive uh, to that. Uh, uh, is that necessarily a long time type of training or, or can it be done rather swiftly, I suppose? Well, I, I guess that depends on their background and what aspects of cybersecurity do you want to train them in. I think it, well, you would think that uh, getting a basic sense of awareness would be easy but i mean people are very prone to just do what they have always done and if they if you don't really build in security if you don't have security by design and default people will tend to to use the more efficient way even if that's less secure so uh, yeah i i think it is it is slowly changing but yeah <laughs> we still have a lot to do. Mm -hmm. And um, really, I, I think that this is something that should be very integrated into the understanding of cybersecurity. We cannot have like the understanding of cybersecurity we had in the 90s, where it was totally okay uh, to say, oh, I wish I could patch human stupidity. Like it's not our job to do that mm -hmm. in the cybersecurity industry. It is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's not anymore about just inventing really smart uh, technical solutions. It's also about working with, with people and um, awareness and, and all of these um, non-technical aspects. That is just as important. Yeah, I don't think we can get away with just say that humans are stupid and uh, we should just give up if they don't comply with, with the behavior we want them to have. So. Yeah. So uh, well, maybe my, my final question will be in uh, in in the area of uh, of anticipation, and it would be: um, Do you yet identify any sort of a cybersecurity crisis that does not currently have some kind of solution that we can think of? 
of at this moment compared to others, I guess. I guess that depends. I, I think that, of course, the, the more dependent we get as a society on connected and interconnected systems for our, our basic needs, and that is, uh, with other words, like critical services and, and critical infrastructure, we are putting ourselves in a situation where we are very vulnerable. And I don't really think that, you know, what what I've seen that we are yet really prepared to, to handle that. And one of the reasons for that is that these crises take on characteristics which our crisis management systems weren't really built to manage. The level of transparency of these issues is, yeah, that that is something that we have not really seen before, I think. And I mean, transboundary crises in general are on the rise as a consequence of globalization. I mean, COVID is is um, an example of this. And um, yeah, um, basically our, our crisis management mechanisms and structures weren't really built for it. And the difficult thing about this is also that when we have a transboundary crisis, uh, we could use, for example, supranational structures to help us manage and help us coordinate, such as the EU, for example. But then we have the, the issue that cybersecurity is, is, in general, very close to uh, national security's uh, sovereignty. That is something that the EU cannot go into too much. So we have a tension here, one of many tensions in the field of cybersecurity between the need for sort of a supranational coordination mechanism, something that can help us to collaborate uh, better, and that it is a really sensitive issue very close to national security. We, we do have a lot of challenges ahead of us, I think, but I mean, we are, we are also very adaptable and i think since since i started this in this field in 2014 a lot has happened and uh, i mean on the national level as well as the supranational levels I, I i still think that it's definitely moving in the right direction okay yes our takeaways will be that we have to keep exercising keep learning and then adapting to that so I guess this is um, all we'll have time for this episode, but I want to thank you again, uh, Sarah Backman, for uh, joining us uh, today. And of course, wishing you a, a fun competition this year as well, too. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Great. For our listeners, please listen to us again next week uh, to hear the latest insights on international peace and security. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Anchor FM, Apple iTunes. You can follow us on Spotify and on SoundCloud. I'm Paul Vallée with the Geneva Center for Security Policy. And until next time, bye for now.